Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode episode five fifteen. Mitch on one side of Zoom, Charlie here with you. We are talking Brewers trade deadline. What might happen? What might not happen? Some names to think about. We're previewing it all. Aaron Rodgers takes a pay cut. How should we? How should we deal with it? Is Aaron Rodgers turning into a villain before our eyes? And then do we have to worry about Saudi Arabia when it comes to NBA players, uh, specifically our Yamasan Kumbo. But first, we always ask him how he's doing, and we'll ask him how he's doing again. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing well. Still, uh, it's been a good week. Been buzzing, buzzing off the show on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, let's talk. Um, about it. Can we talk about it? I yeah, I saved if you want. it. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I should have mentioned that to you. I I saved it. I I did the Daily Tap on Monday. I was like, oh, I was at Mitch's show. It was great. Like, And I, I think I said like a few words. And then I and I was like, I got to save it for Thursday and just, you know, talk about it for, you know, do you want to set the scene? You want me to set the scene? And then we can. We can I'll set the scene because yeah, I, I know. You know. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, so the, the, there was supposed to be a show at Culver's and Bayshore. Um, I, do, do we want to go with the with the long story? Well, let's just to... let's try to truncate it. Let's just try to let's try to right, give so like, it, the TLDR. It, it, it was it was supposed to be a show at Culver's uh, at Bayshore Mall. Uh, evidently, there is one. I have not been there. But um, so the the band Bug Moment, that's a local band. They're pretty popular. They, they're a very good band. They, they do good work. They put together this show with this lineup that was supposed to be at Culver's. They were in contact with the GM of the, lo- of the of this Culver's. And, you know, it was all good. All systems go from the from the kind of the local level. Culver's corporate got wind of it, shut the show down. And um, a couple weeks went by and we locked down a, a venue, the Four Seasons Skate Park in... Uh, in like the Menominee Valley, right by City Lights, if you're not familiar, and um, it ended up being great. I mean, yeah, you know, it uh, it 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 was better than it ever would have been at Culver's. If it would have been at Culver's, it would have got shut down. I'm there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and especially if 250 people would have showed up, and which did, that was the, uh, roughly the final the final tally. Wow, for attendance. Uh, 250 people showed up to Four Seasons Skate Park. Worked out well. Um, sounded okay, and um, yeah, just a lot of people showed up. A lot of a lot of good bands, and it's going to be really hard to top that show. I mean, it's kind of makes it all worth it. You know, all the blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, that you know that we put into it. You know, much like we do yeah. on the podcast. It's 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 a hobby, but it's also like you know, something you love to do and um, it kind of makes it kind of makes it worth it to just have people, you know, there and, yeah. and, um, and, and our, our vocalist slash guitar player, Dylan actually has a hernia. So oh. that was re- recently diagnosed. So rather, you know, rather than drop the show, there's no way we, we, we knew it'd be a pretty good show. I don't, I don't think we knew it would be quite as cool as it, and, and as good of a turnout as we had and quite as much fun. But we knew it'd be a big show, so we we went went through with it. But that's why we had other people doing vocals. Yeah, during, during some of the oh, songs, it makes and, a lot more uh, sense now that you're taking some time off. Like all this, all of this makes sense now. A yeah, bit. yeah. Well, we had we had one show scheduled for August that we that we have unfortunately had to drop because of that. We we're not sure exactly what the next steps are going to be for Dylan, but um, yeah, he may have to have some sort of like minimally invasive surgery or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Usually um, usually with sports hernias and things like that, you you do. Um I've certainly thought I've I've self-diagnosed a couple hernias in my day, but never actually went into the doctor and got it checked out. Yeah. And there's several different kinds of hernias and stuff. Totally. So you know he but he evidently has one of those. So kind of toughed it out for this one and I obviously we're glad we're glad that he did. So uh, Yeah. I, I'm glad he did too. I was there and I was so glad I came and I I'm not to blow smoke up your ass. I'm, I'm serious that it was definitely a, one of the more memorable things I've done this summer. Like, it's just one of those cool, like you don't do this often. Like, you know, and I'm, we have, you know, we a lot of fun and we still go out and, you know, we'll probably be out on Brady this weekend and that'll be a good time and memorable in its own right. But mm-hmm. like, 
we, my wife and I just didn't know what to expect. I think she might've told the joke to you that we felt like we were the only people with a Costco card in there. Like we were, <laughs> we were old, like, and that's okay. That's not a problem. Yeah. And like, but I think to like, see how many people were showing out, how many people knew all of y'all's music and just the whole thing was just an awesome, awesome scene. And the mosh pitting was, was cool. I kind of wanted to get down there. I wouldn't have got out of the skate pool. Um, <laughs> it would have been a scene. Um, but I also do think I could have dominated the, uh, the mosh pit if I needed to. Um, just, you know, I'm, I'm ready for football. I'm ready for contact. And uh, was was definitely feeling like a few of those kids down there were just, you know, it's just football's a few weeks away and they were itching for it. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you came and I'm glad you had a good time. And, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm also kind of glad we don't have a, a show for a while. Cause that's, again, that's going to be, a tough one to top, you know, I right. mean, not every, not every show is unfortunately as a, as a local band. I mean, not every show is, is like that. I mean, no. you, you have fun as a, as a band and you, you, you do what you can, but you know, it's going to be hard to, to top that type of energy. So, yeah, no, um, I, I, I could see that. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's that to that point of like, yeah, if we, if we were to ever, you know, pull something off podcast wise, and then we did it again, and maybe, and the first time it's awesome, and the second time it's like a flop or something, you know, you just, yeah, you can't, you can't ever just hope. Like sometimes that first time or the first thing you do, it's tough to sometimes emulate that, you know, night in, night out. But man, it was a great time, and kudos to you guys, kudos to Garden Home. And if you guys aren't aren't following Garden Home WI, I believe on uh, on Instagram. Yep. And you can yep. find them on spot Spotify or Apple uh, and uh, great for the gym. Great for great for a run. You know, that's, that's probably to me what I'd recommend. Or if you know, just, you know, you you're into more of the hard rock, hard rock scene. Like that's, that's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have, and we'll have, uh, you know, we're going to take obviously this time to write a few more songs and we'll probably get into, get into some recording, uh, some more recording, probably, at some point this fall, probably, Good. and then plan is to probably have a an album out like early next year. Great, so. yeah. I and I found a I found another friend of ours uh, who who's who likes your guys' stuff. So we're gonna I'm gonna have to bring him to something this uh, this fall and summer, fall or winter. So the, you know we'll 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 get back at it and look forward yeah. to it. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll also look ahead to the the trade deadline, which is now five days away i believe august 1st it's going to be on it's i guess there's a new thing i didn't know when they agreed to the new cba the rule now is it can be any day from the i think it's the 26th of july to the 3rd of august which is really interesting um <laughs> and i i always you know 31st right and i just assumed oh it's on a sunday and that's why they're doing it on the first well no it's actually a new a new rule and everybody is desperate for the Milwaukee Brewers to make a move for offense. Uh, the Brewers have been lacking offensively uh, the hot Brewers offense that we sort of saw right before the break has sort of went away. Um, and as you've talked about on this show, you know, a lot during the season, it's kind of the roller coaster, right? Like we're, we're going through it right now with this offense and just scraping by and everybody's clamoring for for more hitters. The question is, really, what will be available, and who are how many teams are you competing with? Yeah, I mean, it's that's an, an issue, I guess, with the expanded playoffs in, in baseball. Is that you know more teams think they're in it, more teams are mathematically are in it, and you know if you look at like the AL East where it's five really good teams that aren't because of the new schedule, which is also another wrinkle. They're not beating up on each other as much. So there's, there's five really good teams. So you can pretty much, you know, all those teams are basically, you know, soft buyers, I would think. Right. And that's, that's cutting. I mean, there's only a couple really bad teams and it's like, who would you even want from Oakland or from Kansas city? That they're like they're not trading Bobby Witt, obviously. So yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, they're not they're not yeah. they're not trading Salvi Perez either. I mean, that's that's their that's their heart and soul. Um, 
he's also I think in a long term deal at this point too. Yes, so. yeah, um, but but to that point, yeah, it's there. There, there are only a few people, a few you know, to bring the David Stern's term. There's only you know a few bites at the apple that you can really you can really look at right and that are are readily available and yeah i there there is like i saw a rumor float around about well maybe logan gilbert could be available from the mariners and i'm like why why would the mariners trade logan gilbert like they just made right. the playoffs they are four games out of the out of the wild card race the you have a young pitching sort of trio with gilbert Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, like those are three really good young pitchers. Why in the fuck would they trade Logan Gilbert? Now, if they were for some reason, right? Like then I'm like, okay, well, Mizorowski would be on the table. The, <laughs> like there'd the, be the, the argument would be that they have too much pitching, I guess. Sure. And then, you know, they have George Kirby too. Oh, yeah. Great, great call. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah they, so. It's they may have they may have to trade somebody at some point, but it does it does seem a little weird. I, I don't Seattle strikes me as a team that is desperate to, you know, they're kind of the Sacramento Kings of, of um, it's like them or San Diego probably are kind of like the Sacramento Kings of baseball where it's like, we're just dying to make the postseason. It's been too long. We kind of, right. we're, we're doing, we're doing whatever it takes now, Seattle and San Diego. I mean, they're both kind of the same boat, aren't they? Where they're a little under 500 and it's kind of like, right. Yeah, we got. We're gonna have a lot of teams to to jump, and it's gonna be tough. But um, they just don't seem to me as a team that's gonna gonna sell off too many pieces. Right, right. Uh, you know, I would love to if there is a market for a Teoscar Hernandez or a or sure. a you know, I don't think Eugenio Suarez would be available. But if he was, right, and you know, maybe trading a major league player. And that might be part of it of like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, right? I'm not saying trade Willie Adamas. I'm not trading trade Brandon Woodruff, but a guy that's kind of on the fringes, a Tyrone Taylor, if you will, right? Where there is some potential, but we haven't exactly seen it. And they have a glut of outfielders. And while I like Tyrone, I was very thankful for his home run yesterday. I mm-hmm. still could look at a guy like Tyrone Taylor and be like, yeah, that's a tradable asset, right? And I'm trying to think of another another name that would probably fit that that bill. I don't know if Brian Anderson would fit that bill. Um, I, I don't think I'd trust Monasterio enough to be like, oh, yeah, we could just ship Brian Anderson to somebody else. But it's a question. You just have to think about who would you want. I'm just thinking about the, the one trade that did – or the two trades that happened today, it was – Dylan Florio for uh, Floro for Jorge Lopez, Marlins mm-hmm. and Twins. So two guys who were struggling this year just to change the scenery trade. And then you had Noah Syndergaard headed to the Guardians for Ahmed Rosario, which is an interesting trade by the Guardians because, I mean, I like Ahmed Rosario. I think he's a solid player. Um, and I, I don't think the value is Noah Syndergaard. But I think it speaks to the point of, like, to your back to the initial thing of, like, all these teams are in it you might have to get creative with what you're doing. Um, and that's not to say I'm not advocating for like a Willie Adamas for Tim Anderson deal. I don't want that. I like Tim Anderson. I'd be interested in Tim Anderson, but I don't want to give up like real assets for Tim Anderson because he's just, he's not been good um, since his breakout year a couple years ago. And he's a rental, right? Pretty much. Yeah. He, I mean, the team, the Brewers would have a club option of $14 million on them next year. So they, they would get to the side. So I think that makes you have to probably pay the White Sox a little bit more for him because it's, you know, the team then gets con- its team control versus a player option. Like a guy like Josh Bell, who if the Guardians are selling, could be available. Josh Bell has a pretty significant player option. So then, then that's on them. And then it's like, well, we don't need Josh Bell opting in for, you know, X amount of dollars when we have a, a Rowdy Telez that's that's right there. Yeah, true. If, if you think that Rowdy is is going to be here next year. Yeah, I mean, maybe not, but I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, if you're, if that would be the case for it, is like, all right, we'll, 
his player option $16.5 million. I should have had that on me when I was saying his name, but that's a lot of money um, for a guy who's yeah. really not, not hitting the ball very well right now. And it's kind of well, and, fell, fell back to earth. And they, they, you wonder why, you know, baseball's middle class is non-existent. I yeah. mean, there's so many guys that like, it's just a really hard sport to play. Yeah. And there's so many guys that, that get paid, you know, two, three, four year contracts at 15 million a year that are just replaceable. I mean, you know, like a Josh Bell, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, the nice thing about Josh Bell is he's a switch hitter. Um, you could DH him, play first. You could kind of hide him in the outfield, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not center field, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't mind Josh Bell, I guess. I, I don't have his numbers in front of me. Um, I do. But that's, that, that's an example. I mean, is there anything impressive? No, it's not. It's not been, yeah. it's not been a good year for Josh Bell. Um, I've mentioned, I've mentioned Paul DeYoung before. That's, but that's, again, that's an interdivision trade. And, and we don't, we don't know, or interdivision trade, excuse me. Yeah. We don't know about like, you know, the Cubs. I don't know if you said that before we started taping or, or after, but the Cubs are an interesting team, but I mean, they're 90 miles down the road and they're not going to, probably not going to hand the Brewers anybody no. that would, that would help them. Uh, certainly not next year as well. I mean, so Cody Ballinger and I'll see I'm looking at CBS sports here. He, they, whoever wrote this, I should forgive me. I should look at this. RJ Anderson of CBS sports has the Brewers as a potential landing spot for um, Cody Ballinger, which is, <laughs> I don't know. I I would rather have like a righty power bat, but mm-hmm. um, sure, Cody Ballinger. Then oh, yeah. you know it's it's I, then it's interesting because he's playing center field. Joey Weimer probably goes bye bye. Yeah, um, well, he might even be in that trade, right? And that's the that's the other thing is like I I think I'm okay giving up prospects to a division rival. If like your guys know that like this is gonna help our team exponentially, it we're just gonna play for the year, not the future. We're gonna if he's awesome for the Cubs or the Cardinals, we we just have to eat it, and we know that this guy is gonna help us x amount more, however many wins above replacement he'll help us, then we'll then we'll do it right. Um, and you know I. I you know, and if you really want to get weird with it, like Kyle Hendricks has actually been pitching well for well for the Cubs this year. And if you're really wanting to, like, if the Cubs are going to sell off, like a Hendricks Bellinger deal is not a not a bad one. It obviously becomes more expensive that way. But I like Kyle Hendricks too. Um, and I don't know how much the Bre- I still think the Brewers do need starting pitching, and I would probably rank rank it as obviously offense first, but starting pitching second, and then bullpen third. I I think the bullpen's pretty set, but it never hurts to get extra arms and you know the lessen yeah. the lessen the load on you know guys like Piguero, Piams who've not really done this before. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of the mind to add, you know, a setup type person as you make a uh, as you're making a run down the stretch. It's just nice to have. You know, 2018 was a really good a really good trade deadline for the Brewers. It turned out to be, um, they got Moustakis. Did, did they get Joaquin Soria that year as well? They did get Soria. Yeah. And I feel like he was pretty good. And that's sort of the type of thing I'd, I'd like to add, you know, kind of experienced, you know, anytime you're, you're in the position the Brewers are, I think it's, it's smart to, to add somebody of that caliber or, Maybe not that caliber, but uh, that experience level and ability level and and familiarity with, you know, I guess high leverage situations. Right. Um, and I don't, and I don't know who's available in that situation. You know, I mean, Scott Jordan Barlow Hicks. would Scott Bar Scott Bar Scott Barlow. Scott Barlow. There but he's go. played for a dog shit organization. Right. For how long? So it's right. And you have, but you had club control on him in twenty twenty four. So. You'd get him for two years. It'd basically be redoing the Matt Bush deal, right? Um, maybe you need to pay a little more because he's he's younger and less baggage that comes along with it. But 
you, I mean, that's an opportunity, but you're right that Scott Barlow hasn't been in a big game in his fucking life. Right. And that, that just worries you. But I, but I have to say too, though, that that kind of worries you about Piomps and Piguero because they've, they've not been there before. And when the lights get bright, like, how are they going to handle that? And I think I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get you know further into the season, but that's a, that's a concern. And so I think to go back to your original where he's like, yeah, Soria type would kind of be a little more, make you feel, I guess, a little bit better because you know, you know, he's been there before, but it, in it all, like, it's all like a winding circle of like different shit because it also goes back to, those teams that have those reliable guys, they aren't trading them because they're still kind of in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the trade deadline has been sort of neutered, I think in baseball the last, the last couple of years, just with the expanded playoffs. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of teams are prospect huggers and, you know, which that's fine. I, I mean, I'm not saying the Brewers should be trading Jackson Chirillo or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, or frankly, any any of the younger guys that that they have, um, somebody's probably you know getting getting moved in their in their top yeah. ten, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like yeah, it's trade deadlines not as exciting as it used to be just a couple of years ago. Um, but then again, you had Juan Soto move last year, and you had the Josh Hader disaster, and I mean something something's bound to happen, and I just. I don't think the Brewers are going anywhere, anywhere near that type of um, impactful. I mean, in terms of, you know, they're I, I they're I doubt they're not they're not trading any of their studs away or anything like that. I, you know, I I, yeah. I do agree with the Tyrone Taylor potential. Like, kind of, do you look at like Colorado with with Tyrone Taylor and Maybe. just like flip flip Tyrone Taylor for CJ Crone? Yeah. Or uh or Randall Gritchick. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are two guys who A would help the Brewers, but B, I think if you you lob Taylor out there, he's a guy that can hit bombs in in, in Coors Field. Right, exactly. And, That's what I'm thinking is he yeah. you know, nobody's gonna be opposed to going going to play in Colorado. No. Especially somebody like Tyrone who has kind of never really had like an everyday spot and it's not mm-hmm. necessarily it's 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 you know, just kind of been one thing after another for him. It's either been an injury or he misses two months to start the year. Feels like that happens to him every year, actually. Right. Yeah. Like it well, seems like there's th- little like, Chris Middleton disease a bit with that, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah, true. But he's 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 a decent enough player, but it's right. like he does something to shoot himself in the foot. I mean, every year it seems like it's an injury. And he just can never seem to hold on to one of those outfield spots for for more than a half a season. And, um, you know, if maybe he goes to a place like Colorado, um, maybe he could do that. And, yep. and I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if he'd be really opposed to a move like that. Right. And I mean, if you look at the Brewers top 30 that they have, I, yeah, trio off the table, Sal Freelick off the table, Quiro off the table, Mizorowski probably off the table, Tyler Black, Carol. I- Quero, yeah, I'll screw that up Quero, for. Yeah. I'll I'll screw it up till I stop doing podcasting. Um, and I mean Eric Brown is so far away at twenty twenty five, right? He's two years away. Maybe that's a guy you're like, all right, it's a little bit of a lottery ticket. You know, he was a first round pick for them. Um, I doubt Gasser would be a guy involved. Carlos Rodriguez, I think, has real potential too. And then it's like, so you're right. Like you start hugging your own prospects, right? And you're like, well. Why are we giving up this guy? And and it, and but you, as we've talked about in other things with trades, you got to give something up to get something. Like you can't, you can't just assume that they're going to take right. your your fuck. Like you're going to take Cam Robinson, your twenty first prospect, for someone that's going to really help your team immediately. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm sure you don't want to trade Tyler Black either, um, but. You know, it, you can't keep everybody. You, you're not gonna. You can't have everybody on the same timeline. I feel like it's 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 hard mm-hmm. to to pay everybody at the same time, keep everybody, um, and then you know, who's gonna want Ethan Small? Yeah, I mean, he's 26. Had a cup of coffee so far in the bigs. It didn't go very well. 
you know, I just, I don't know. A couple of these guys are, well, most of them are pretty young, but Ethan Small. Gasser's already 24, yikes. Um, better hurry up and get up to the big leagues, buddy. Right. I also, um, I also am very curious on, like, Marcus Stroman's been complete shit for the last month. I know he won't get traded to Bruce. But it's like, is he trying to purposely tank his trade value because he wants to stay in Chicago? I would not put it past Marcus <laughs> Stroman. Would really wouldn't. I, I, I bet you wouldn't. He's a no. He's just an asshole, man. Don't don't, don't try to do what you're doing over there. Oh, I see you. Um, but yeah, it's, Lucas it's, Giolito would be great, but I don't think uh, so. Yeah, I mean Giolito would be definitely definitely worth where you have to have a conversation about me. He's going days. to somewhere in California. I can probably, feel it. Probably, you know, just had a nasty divorce. Um, and really? not to not. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I you were on a group chat with Don't that. Don't get married when you're 22. Yeah, well, yeah, and I was on, I was on Reddit, and uh, one of the subreddits I hang out at, the guy was like on it. Oh, I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> this is funny. He goes, I saw this trashy, or I saw this trashy girls that I like went to high school with or college Instagram, and posted like a heart around Giolito, and I she keeps going to White Sox games, and I I thought it was kind of weird. Because, like, I think he's married, but it must have been a side piece. But she really, really wasn't, you know, keeping it closeted. And then, like, literally that day, him and his wife announced they're getting a divorce on on Instagram. It was, like, the day of the home run derby. Just a mate. A unbelievable uh, sleuth job. Yeah. He's 29, so I guess they were 25 when they got in a four-year marriage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah well, but still, I mean, maybe... 25 – 25 yeah, as an athlete at 25, I feel like those oh, are, that's yeah, like George, that's crazy George, talk. Brett, George Brett and Derek Jeter didn't get married till after they stopped playing ball for a reason. Right. They knew what they were yeah. doing. I mean, when you have your pick of the litter. Yeah. Legendary so stick men, Jeter and George Brett. <laughs> but right. I would, I would imagine the talent in Kansas city versus New York is a little different. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, it's yeah. You have, you have more models walking around in New York City. Totally. Uh, I, as for the Brewers Braves, you know, part two here this weekend. I, I the Braves are coming in. They've now lost. They lost both games to the Red Sox. Uh, you know, it's I think it's another opportunity for the Brewers to you know establish some learnings about the Braves. I think they are actually playing them at a decent time. It sucks that you have no Corbin Burns for that that you know team again. Uh, that's frustrating how how the schedule schedule worked out. I think it's you know it's similar philosophy to last week. Just get one and and then we're we're good, right? And can kind of you make up those wins when you you go to Washington next week and try and Pittsburgh then over the weekend in Colorado. Like the schedule gets pretty easy after this Brave series, so it's just don't get swept. And I'll probably I'll probably be okay. Yeah, I mean they show that they can hang in there with the Braves. Um this past weekend. I mean, every game was had kind of a playoff feel. Um yeah, Sal come up and on Saturday and Unbelievable. Was, was a big hero and it was an awesome thing to see. And, you know, I, I was jokingly the run differential is gonna take a big hit against Atlanta. Uh, but it didn't. And granted you're at home and now yes. uh, you now you go to Atlanta and you know it's going to be a little bit of a different story, but it's probably going to be hotter than shit. Yeah. And um, we'll see. You know? And a, and um, big crowds and you hear the Tomahawk when you give up a hit and all, all that other shit. Yeah. Atlanta, Mitch, you I'm sure have been complaining about the weather this weekend. I know it week. I know you have in our group chat a little bit. Imagine if you were working in this 96, 95, 96 Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and it's and that's literally every day. There's no there's no, no breaks in Atlanta. No, no, no break, no breaks. And yeah, that I mean, I think you have a good point though. I mean, we we talk probably too much about the weather, but for a team like the Brewers, where you play in climate control when it's raining and it's not, you don't usually see things hit ninety. That's going to be a really tough thing on stamina uh, as the series goes on. That first game, so you know, first and first and second. The first and third game could be could be a little little difficult for the Brew Crew, but as mentioned, 
things get easier um, after that. You go Washington, four for Pittsburgh at home, three for Colorado at home, and then at the White Sox um, is your next four four series. So really an opportunity to take advantage and really sort of kind of grab the grab the NL Central by the proverbial balls. Right. And speaking of that, I mean, they kind of took care of business with Cincinnati. They finished yep. up their season series at 10 and three, um, which is going to be handy. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, yep. unless, unless the Reds trade Jonathan India for some reason. Um, but the, uh, you know, and, and the Brewers could look different too, you know, after, after this weekend, I mean, you'd love to add somebody during this series, but, um, yep. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and if they and if they do if they do make some sort of move after the series, I mean, then the then the next test will be when you you have the stretch after the easy stuff and you go Dodgers, Rangers, Twins, Padres. Like that's you know, you kind of flip it, right? You have a little bit of heart, a little bit of early, easy or easy or easy early, and then gets gets a little difficult, you know, as as August goes on. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you you have to go to LA yet, and then at yeah. LA at Texas is going to be mm-hmm. another another shit show. Nice little nice but, little bir- nice little birthday treat for me. Um, you know, little West Coast baseball. Though, as I've said in the past, I'm not cut out for West Coast baseball like I used to be. Um, that's a young man's it's a young man's game, but that's the last of the well, uh, last of the West Coast. With the with the pitch clock, it's a little more doable. Yeah, it does make it easier. Games You're right. are games are done by probably eleven thirty, eleven forty. Yeah, but the bitch nine ten. Bitch of it is, I start. Po- I'll I'll sometimes procrastinate podcasting, and then it's like seventh inning as I'm getting going, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, I need to I need to kind of get get this thing in gear, and game's kind of good, and so it's like then before you know it, it's like midnight, and I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah. Um. So that's more just me being a bad procrastinator, but yeah. I don't think I have anything else Brewers related. I'll be curious to see how Sal does and how how they continue to you know tweak the lineup and things like that as you know they go on. It's been yeah, they gotta, it's been a, they gotta get them out of the four spot. It's, yeah, it's not, not really a spot for them. I, I get that Council likes Yelich Contreras. Um, well, at so at when he, unfortunately Willie Adams sucks. Well, so. that's the I mean that's the elephant in the room here. It's like when do you. When do you cup eight with Willie Adamas at that three spot? I still think he should hit four or five because he's a he's a power bat. You know, we don't have the lineup for him to hit six, but it it it's say with what Yelich has done this season, I would be at this point probably okay moving him back to like three. I mean right. or or you know, go like Freelick, Yelich, Contreras against yeah. against righties. And then whoever after that, right? Your only issue is when you get late in games, then you get have a pit, a left-handed pitcher that can, you know, essentially go in there for you know Yelich and Yelich and Freelick, and then and then That's have. Fine. And I I get that, but I feel like both those guys are are, are like a good at bat every time. It's not Joey Weimer standing up there hacking away <laughs> for, for three pitches. I mean, God bless Joey Weimer, but Joey I, hacks. I almost, Joey I almost can't stand watching him bat because it's just like, do you know what you're doing? Well, so Bryce Trang was two for three today. Um, and Ryan uh Brew his name goes like Brew Pack on Twitter noticed on the camera that Bryce was putting in a chew. And I know you're not yeah. supposed to chew tobacco. Um yeah, but illegal at, at American Family Field. Yeah, he's Not like great. he's like uh Brew Pack, he said this. Uh they showed the bullpen and in the background, Trang was putting in like three wads of chewing tobacco in his mouth. Bro looked like bro looks exactly like somebody who would do that uh, respectfully in parentheses, which yes, Bryce Strang definitely chews. There's no doubt about it that that guy is like a long caught grizzmint type of dude. Like no no doubt in my mind. Um, so it's this it's not him to this allowed him to go two for three today. I don't know, maybe if and then then all of a sudden we have a we have a chewing tobacco scandal within the Brewers and Manfred suspends like three of our guys for like seven games. I feel like that's about as enforced as a parking ticket at Bayshore Mall. Yeah, no, no question about it. All right, let's move on uh, to Aaron Rodgers uh, and 
the news yesterday that dun, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, no shit, that Aaron Rodgers will be taking a pay cut uh, of thirty-five million dollars to help the New York Jets optimize their window. This drives just the a, night. Just a drive, just a drive by on Packer fans. At r- training camp starts, everything's you know. Copacetic, Hunky Dory. We have all the Jordan Love clips. Everybody uses their their favorite Jordan Love pun, and then comes Big Bad Aaron Rodgers dropping his dick on the table and just ruining it for all of us. Um, I, I'm very conflicted on this because I, I first of all, Rodgers wouldn't do this for the Packers, and and I and the reason why is nothing to do with the organ. Well, it has everything to do with the organization, but. It's the front office. He got mad about the Jordan Love stuff. His feelings were hurt. He wasn't going to go and and help this team out. And he was going to maximize the money that he would be making. So he had two awesome years. And then once he had those awesome years, he was like, fuck this. I'm done. I got my money. I'm going to go back to doing me like I was late stage McCarthy. And here you go. And I'm more upset at the front office for not sniffing that out. For not figuring out that, hey, maybe this guy, just because it's hunky-dory right now, this guy's still a vindictive prick. And I like Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I do. But, like, I, I and I want I don't want it to get misconstrued that I'm, like, this anti-Rodgers guy now. It's more just I, I think I, because I'm out of the fray a little bit, because I'm out of the weeds, I, like, understand who Aaron Rodgers is more than I did when I was a fan of, you know, who he was playing on my team. Well, so, right. your, your your lips have been removed from his ass. Yeah, yeah. And and I think when I think about it a little bit more, I'm like, yeah, of course, he didn't want to do anything to help backers because he was so mad at the organization. He didn't care that they had to start, you know, not there wasn't money for Corey Lindsley and there wasn't money for Devontae Adams. And that's why Devontae, you know, gets lowballed early on, right? Because they had to save for Rodgers. They had to think about, you know, the contract for Rodgers instead of, you know, Rodgers. I'm not even taking a pay cut, but, like, trying to work with Rodgers on more short-term deals and then saying, all right, so we're going to do this to help this. And, you know, I I think it, you know, it goes back to a love deal. But the other part of the love stuff is, like, well, what the fuck were they supposed to do? Just let Aaron Rodgers rock and then be like, oh, I guess we need a quarterback now. Like, Come on, you can't can't just expect the team not to not to try to build for the future a little bit too. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, but that's that's how that's how I mean pro athletes are. I know. You know I mean, it's not exclusive to Rogers. I mean nobody nobody wants their job to be in jeopardy. They don't think about it from the team's perspective. They don't think about it from the fans' perspective. They think about it from their perspective. And you know they, I guess they have every right to do that. It's not, it's not um, something that I guess it, it's the the team should expect that, right? Like the team should expect. Well, you know, Aaron's not going to like this, and they probably did. And you know, you're right. This is sort of a the one final sort of jab, I guess, at at the organization, like. Yep. Now I'm going to take my pay cut and they might've been begging him too. I mean, for, for the last couple of years, um, but instead they, they bent over and, um, um, took it up the tailpipe basically and gave, yeah. gave Rogers, right. gave Rogers gave my- a, a huge, a huge, everything he wanted. And, you know, a little James Hardeny here, uh, if I don't say so myself, where we've given you everything you've ever wanted except for maybe a, an established wide receiver, but um, <clears throat> you know, you've given all, I've certainly given him all the money. He gave him too much money. Um, even after multiple back-to-back MVP seasons, but clearly the guy was, you know, <laughs> it's probably a good thing that Aaron Rodgers took a pay cut. I mean, maybe he is setting himself up to ingratiate himself with the New York media and the, and the, and the Jets fans because you know, I'm not sure so sure how good how good this first year is gonna go with him. Yeah. Um yeah. I feel I, like he was I feel like he's definitely on the decline. And that that or he just he seriously just you know, maybe he maybe he was he, he was hurt for sure last year. He was injured and right. 
maybe he will come back fully healthy, but I don't know. 40 year old quarterbacks don't just, don't just bounce back. I mean, Tom yeah. Brady did, but that's, that's, that's a special, special. Well, and, and the things you have to consider is he's playing with the worst offensive line he's dealt with really in the last five years, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he, that's something Aaron Rodgers is not used to. He is not used to playing with that bad of an offensive line. And that's not suddenly going to be fixable. Now, well, if this his his offensive coordinators numbnuts too, so right and um, and like and they're taking out all the motion, all the other stuff, going back to this like West Coast offense that has kind of it's kind of archaic. It's all about motion. It's all about play action. It's all about short intermediate stuff. Like that's all football is right now. They're they're trying to basically fit a round hole in a square peg. And there are those warning signs. Now, the defense for the Jets is really fucking good. And so maybe because Rodgers has probably the best defense he's had in a very long time, that maybe it gets mitigated. Maybe because, you know, they have Sauce Gardner has two pick sixes or has a pick six in a game or, you know, sets them up in incredible field position on different occasions uh, that they're, you know, it's not just Sauce, Quinn Williams, CJ Mosley, um, who else is on that? Uh, Marcus May is a good player. Like they have guys. It's just a question of like, is that going to be enough? And the other part of it that now that the money is available, it's like, well, will the Jets try to go after David Bakhtiari? I've been, you know, we talked about it, I think a couple weeks ago. Like I do not want to trade David Bakhtiari unless, you know, things are settled where the Packers are two and two and six, two and seven. It's not looking great. Yeah then bend, bend the Jets over and try to get more draft picks uh, from it. But, yeah, it's unless this is a prelude to making a move for an offensive lineman, I just still see that being a problem for, for New York. I don't I don't see that getting better. Yeah, unless they, unless they think they're going to add more weapons or something. But, I mean, really, how many spots – yeah, they don't have, they don't have many spots right. for, like, for anyone. I mean, tight end maybe. But and it, it would be, you know, I, I love Devontae Adams, but it'd be foolish to trade Garrett Wilson for Devontae Adams. Like just foolish. Oh, yeah. Right? Like the money, the money alone, but then the potential of what Garrett Garrett Wilson could be, like, come on. Like, no way. Yeah, and, and it's and it's the NFL. I mean, it's oh, look, Devontae Adams is awesome. I couldn't believe Ryan Rosillo had him as number his number one receiver. Uh, but he's 30, what, gonna be 32, Devontae Adams? And yeah, and in, in the NFL, I mean, you're 32 and you're a skill position guy. You're you're about cooked. I mean, right. he's, he's got he's got a year or two left probably, and Garrett Wilson's got, you know, eight years ahead of him. You know, right. of, of of high level production, and you know, hopefully, and well, you know, I obviously don't want to wish injuries on people, and right. I and I can't imagine that having Rodgers will hurt him. You know, I think no. that Rodgers has been gassing him up like like no other Uh, i think and i think that has to put a ton of pressure on him honestly yeah um i i i would not necessarily like that if i was a jets fan or a rogers fan but it's yeah it's things i think it's one of those things i mean you know they love it you know jets fans love it like the the stinging or like the garrett no just the like the garrett wilson gassing everybody up you know we found a quarterback yada 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 right i mean this is as good as it's been to be a Jets fan since they prob since the Sanchez Rex Ryan stuff. And it might even be better, yeah. right? It might be better. This might be the best time it's been to be a Jets fan. Maybe since Parcells and Curtis Martin, Vinny Testaverde, like the Jets have not had a lot. Right. And so this is a potential awakening. And, you know, it's, I, I think the New York media, the Francesas of the world, bad dog Brissos, you know, they are making a big deal out of this because this is the Jets' first moment in forever. And will they capitalize it or will they be same old Jets? There's also a, a real potential. I think was point who pointed this out? Was it Kevin Clark? I think it was Kevin Clark who said, like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Jets start slow, similar to Tampa and Tom Brady. And then all of a sudden it's November and it's like, here come the Jets. Because we've seen that with Rodgers, like we saw it last year. We saw it. We've seen it. You know, the run to table year. Rodgers can be a slow starter uh, time to time. 
And it would not surprise me if like we're throwing dirt on the Jets in October and then it's late November, early December, and we're like, fuck, <laughs> we might have to like revise how we're uh, how we're talking about things. Yeah, and the Jets schedule is fairly uh favorable and definitely in like December. Yeah. With Atlanta, Houston, Washington all at home. Yeah. Um Miami twice kind of in that range which we'll see. And then they finish with Cleveland, New England. Um, and both those teams, we don't know. A lot of question marks there. I think Cleveland might be good. I don't know. I well, kind of, they might. I kind of, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm starting to now, like my, my football brain is starting to turn itself on a little bit. So I'm like starting to think about different teams and not just the Packers. And yeah, one of the thoughts I've had is I think Cleveland might be okay. Um, I think they've, you know, kind of done well in putting together some defense stuff. I think Deshaun Watson, a year removed from everything, will be a lot better. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I and we hear the dog pound in the back. Like it's uh it's it's rolling. So yeah, <laughs> we'll heard that. Yeah, we'll have to uh we'll have to see what happens. I, I think Packer fans will get over it sooner sooner rather than later. And it'll uh It'll be okay. And I also don't think it's there's anything wrong talking about Rodgers still. It's as part of the 2023 storyline. You have kind of have to talk about Rodgers. You can't just can't just ignore it. Yeah. And this is just the the latest piece and hasn't even really really truly begun yet. This is uh No, it hasn't. It's this is just the uh the tip of the iceberg. It's very early in all of it. And it's not I think this is what, you know, you and I talked about this, you know, when the whole thing was starting, we are like, you know what? Like, I don't think people realize the people who really wanted Rodgers out of here. It's like, you don't realize how obnoxious this is going to get. And you're going to be like, why are people talking about Rodgers? Why are people talking about Rodgers? It's a story. It's going to be a storyline until, until the year's over next year. We'll probably, it'll be less and less because we'll know what Jordan Love is. We'll know what Aaron Rodgers is as a Jets quarterback. And, you know, it'll be it'll be different. It'll still be discussed, but it won't be at this level unless the schedule works. And I, I think there is a way where the Jets and Packers will play each other next year. And if that's the case, then, yeah, that's a then here we go again. But we'll uh, right. we'll just cross that bridge when we get there. And I think I think, um, you know, this year it's going to be more about Rodgers and next year it'd be more about love. Totally. I think it'd oh. be. It'd be more about okay, you know, we know a lot more. Jordan Love kind of sucks his average this year. You know, it ain't gonna go away. No, and and and, and look, they're gonna they're gonna draft a quarterback in the first four rounds of the draft next year. Like they did that with Brian Brom. Like it's gonna be a same thing. And it's a really good quarterback draft. So they'll probably get a quarterback yeah. in round two next year. And I don't think any of us should be surprised. Right. Let's uh let's wrap up today's show uh with a kind of interesting topic. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo has been fairly on social media. Uh, he's done a quite the summer of social for Giannis. You, you'd agree with that, right? A little more on social media than than in the past. It feels like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It could be. It feels like he's a little, little more around, doing more. Yeah. You know, working with, working with more brands and, and partnerships and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. it kind of has been been around and yeah uh, asking a lot of people questions going crazy on going crazy on threads right oh i haven't i haven't uh, been on threads Giannis is Giannis is a a heavy threads user i mean he was he at the first couple days he was asking like questions to his followers oh interesting. i don't know every hour about just i don't know life well and then blocking people for saying thanasis is gonna play in china and you know like that's i mean mean, that was I'd I'd probably take that block. That's yeah. that's that's way too funny. It's a great joke. Um, but anyways, Giannis. Speaking of that, engaged with you know the news story around Kylian Mbappe, uh, potentially getting a billion dollar deal from a Saudi Arabian Saudi Arabian or Saudi Arabian. You guys saying that right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, soccer club, and Giannis like, well, I look like Mbappe, and everyone kind of laughed at it, and well. I also thought it was funny and kind of did more of a tongue-in-cheek TikTok to having the tech sports for not following. We're over 800 now on the followers. No big deal. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, 
I then it started to leak. Then it was like LeBron made a comment about Saudi Arabia. Then Draymond Green made a comment about Saudi Arabia. And then Chris Mannix wrote a P, an op-ed kind of like the NBA has to worry about Saudi Arabia. And I was like, yeah. shit, is this actually is this actually something we need to worry about? Or is it all smoke? Now Mbappe turned down the deal um since that column. So I feel like that is a you know kind of a positive, right? the biggest soccer star in in, yeah. in the world is not going to go cash out. Um, and he's, it sounds like he's going to play for Real Madrid, but that's, I mean, and that's encouraging. And, but I guess Mitch, like, is there a potential that the basketball is next up in Saudi Arabia's sports watching, washing efforts? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I doubt it, but the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, like you're not, I don't think, um, let's say, I don't know, Donovan Mitchell is right. going to just all of a sudden go play in Saudi Arabia um, in, in two years. Uh, however, if they could somehow do it on American soil and still, you know, which I guess is possible, right? I mean, yeah, the NBA, um, the NBA would allow foreign investors to. I mean, Josai, Josai owns the owns the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know how it works in terms of like, do they have to live in America? Could the Saudis start their own league in America? Oh, could they start their own league in America? I mean, maybe, but I don't think they. I don't think they want to do that. Like, I think there is a part of it that they want to, they want to do it in their in home soil where it's like there and you know it's it's that's part of it is like the the you know wanting to build like tourism in Saudi Arabia but I see what you mean like doing like a live thing and just doing the Saudi league in in America and you know picking cities and states that would you know would welcome you know the Saudis because there's obviously arena basketball arenas everywhere yeah and I, I just I don't know how easy that is to do just because you know, golf, it's kind of an individual sport. You can get 20 guys and have, you know, a decent product, I suppose, and and be done with it. But, like, basketball, you'd have to have, you know, hundreds of players probably. I mean, a couple hundred players. And what are you going to get? A couple, plus a couple guys from the NBA and then, you know, take people who are playing in, in Puerto Rico or something and – and pay them too to fill out the rosters. I don't know. It's just it logistics. I don't know. O- overall, I don't know if they work. I um, could. The, the, I, I just. I. I don't see like Jason Tatum going and playing in Saudi Arabia, right? Or somebody who's you know, um, I don't know, grown up in a less than stellar environment. Are they gonna? Are they gonna move their whole family to Saudi Arabia? Right. I don't think so. No, and that that's a really good point. And I think the other thing that needs to be kind of remembered is, you know, when these soccer guys like Ronaldo and I think they're like, used to it. Well, they're a they're used to it. Who is the guy from Chelsea that took a bunch of money to go play there? Conte? Is that am I saying that right? Angolo uh, Conte. Yeah, there? yeah, he did. And Jordan Henderson's been rumored. Uh, I don't know if that's official. I think it um, is. Yeah, and. These guys all live in like England, right? And or Portugal in Ronaldo's case, where or, or that, France or, or France, right? And those flights are that's a quick flight. You know, that's not that's not a uh you know transatlantic flight to get from to get to Saudi Arabia from America, like just New York, that's that's a that's a long flight. Like that's not a it's not a short flight. So I think that that has a, a part to do with it. I also yeah, just I, and- oh go ahead. Well, I, my point about like soccer players, I mean, a lot of them, international soccer players have grown up in Brazil. And then at a, at, you know, by the time they're 18, they're probably in like Neymar's case. He's in, uh, he's in Spain playing for Barcelona when he's like 19 years old. And, you know, they, they move around country to country at times when they're, when they're a lot younger, you know, I mean, I could maybe see an NBA guy if they're if they're old, you know. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, 
in that Saudi was Arabia. My, that was my other thought is like, okay, if Giannis is 39 and just wants to cash out and is like, fuck, you know, I just, I got one more year left in me and I'm going to go make a bunch of money and go do it. Or a guy like Dwight Howard, who's right now in Taiwan, I think. Mm. Um, why wouldn't Dwight Howard take a bunch of money from Saudi Arabia and start up a Saudi Arabian basketball? League? I also don't know how popular basketball is, right? Like part of the reason yeah. why soccer and golf work is because they're popular sports. They've they've had uh they've had golf tournaments, they've had, you know, the soccer, they had World Cup, they had they have, you know, soccer clubs and they have free, you know, and everyone loves soccer. So it's like those things work. Um, but it's the question of, yeah, it's, will like something like basketball, where, as you mentioned, it's so many people, so many things like it, it would have to be in the Americas or, you know, one of the sought, you know, the PIF, which I believe is the, you know, the team that's been working, try to bring the PGA tour together, like the PIF taking over a, a basketball team and and which i don't think i think they're actually that is actually half the wizards like have a five percent i think to, to uh maybe it's the pif or it's somebody else but yeah then that's and that's bad news like i don't know that's not necessarily something i i want american sports to get into because let's be honest they're bad people um but a lot of owners are bad people and that's i mean that goes back to the not to compare the two but it's like that goes back to that whole Jimmy Haslam discussion that I don't know if we ever had the podcast, but that people had about you know Haslam and sort of his business dealings. Yeah, I mean, you're right. A lot of owners are are not great people. That's how they, you know, you don't get rich by playing by the rules, right? And, I, um, but but yeah. even so, even so, I think if you know people just have a overall disdain for Saudi Arabia because of the nine eleven involvement because of you know, the killing of the journalists, the, you know, their treatment to, you know, homosexuals. There's a lot of things that are in treatment towards women, frankly. I mean, there's a lot yeah. wrong with Saudi Arabia. It's not, it's not just like, Hey, they're bad people. Like, or they're doing bad business deals or they're being shady. They're just, they're overall genuinely bad to people who aren't men. Yeah. It's, oh. um, yeah, it's interesting times for sure. I mean, right. there, there's, oh, yeah. there's always going to be that threat and um yeah so right and and it totally is and yeah it's 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 just it's weird time you're right it's a very weird time and for those wondering for those asking at home charlie how long is the flight from new york to uh Rida, saudi arabia the capital of saudi arabia you're looking at non-stop mitch 12 hours mm-hmm. 12 hours in a plane or something. that's damn near what it was to hawaii right uh actually um it's 10 i think so it was we did like three to went from chicago to phoenix which was three three and a half and then it was about six to uh honolulu so yeah not not 10 all the way straight through but right well i'll tell you what though if someone told me tomorrow like hey i have tickets to maui to maui to go watch marquette play and the Maui Invitational, I'd probably, I'd be on the next, you know, I'd be like, yeah, no questions asked. Um, I don't know if you've seen that Maui field, um, but it's, A, it's incredible, but B, yeah, that, and obviously Marquette being good, and then C, just the beauty of Hawaii and everything like that, that it's, it's all, it's all right there. And like the last, last thing is like, you could just stay an extra day for Thanksgiving and watch the Packers at 7 a.m. play the play the Detroit Lions. There you go. So, but yeah. Got Marquette, it all figured out. I know. Marquette Louisville or not Louisville. Marquette UCLA, uh 1030 to kick off the Maui invitation. Fucking first games against UCLA. You know, it's just, just crazy. Great work from home day, right? Well, yeah. I mean, 1030 at night. 1030 at night is a oh, 1030 uh, at night. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, I guess a, that would be. That's a late, that's a late, late one. Like that's not nine, nine o'clock baseball. Like that's like eight, you know, college basketball games are pretty much cut and dry two hours, but it's like, not only is your, are you up till 1230, one o'clock when it's all said and done and you do the review and, and everything else, but you're also trying not to wake your wife from, from screaming at your TV because it's an intense basketball game. It's like a at fucking sweet 16 style 
style basketball game with two top teams. Like, yeah, it's, it's, there's just a lot there. <laughs> lot, lot, lot to deal with, a lot going on. Yeah. But long way to go before that. A lot of sports, a lot of stuff to endure. Sure. A lot of tight brewer games that are just going to make me you know, nervous as shit. I think I, I Joe Jeff Levering, I think had a line about like fingernails are going to be down to the beds by by september they're not going to make it make it to september with all the close games the brewers have been in and it's it's very true so yeah no doubt all right man anything anything else for the people uh stay safe i guess that's all i got stay cool yeah uh it's gonna cool off here on uh friday perfect for uh brady street days which if you're around uh come say hi we'll be we'll be out i'm sure uh palling around uh in just uh you know slugging beers like like we know like we know how to do would not be a milwaukee street festival without a without it cooling off yeah <laughs> yeah it, it has to happen you know that's that's how it goes so all right, well, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll have a full week of training camp overreactions under our belt. Some more brewer games to talk about. Who knows what else crazy shit that's going on in, in this thing we call life. All right, we'll see you tomorrow for a daily tap, and uh, see you guys next week for Tap to Keg. Peace. See you.